0: to our podcast, Dental Study Bites Patient Case Reviews. It's Jess and Neha here. For those of you who don't know us, we are currently fourth year dental students at the University of Minnesota. In this podcast, we talk about patient cases and incorporate high yield board facts to help students prepare for the IMBDE. Today, we are going to be covering an oral surgery case. This case was provided to us by Dr. Upgard, who is a faculty in the
1: oral and maxillofacial surgery department here. We are discussing a case of osteonecrosis
0: of the jaw. Before we go over the details of the case, let's do a quick overview of the condition. Sounds great. Osteonecrosis of the jaw is when the jaw bone does not have gums covered by it and due to the decreased blood supply, the uncovered bone dies. In order for it to be classified as osteonecrosis of the jaw, the condition has to be present for eight weeks. This condition usually occurs after extractions and it is most
1: commonly linked to bisphosphonate use. Since it occurs with medication use, the condition is also called medication-related osteonecrosis of the jaw, or mronge, by some people.
0: How do bisphosphonates work, and why does it cause mronge? Bisphosphonates are used most commonly for osteoporosis, but can be used in cases of fibrous dysplasia, hypoparathyroidism, Paget's disease, multiple myeloma, and hypercalcemia of malignancy. Bisphosphonates are antiresorptive medications, so they disrupt osteoclast function, which breaks down bone, and in turn, disrupts bone remodeling and healing. Exactly. IV bisphosphonate use puts patients
1: at higher risk of ronge than oral use, with longer duration of therapy and higher doses also putting patients at a higher risk. What are some other things associated with osteonecrosis
0: of the jaw? Patients who are currently or have a history of receiving radiation to the head and neck, steroid therapy, or anti medication how is osteonecrosis of the jaw treated? It can be managed by oral surgery, and
1: depending on the severity, some management options may include debridement, chlorhexidine rinses, good oral hygiene practices, antibiotics, and surgical removal of bone.
0: Now that we have some background, let's move on with the case. An 81-year-old female presented a clinic for comprehensive care with a medical history significant for radiation to the head 10 years prior and history of IV bisphosphonate therapy. The
1: the exam determined five teeth were unrestorable and the patient opted to extract them. At the oral surgery consult, it was deemed that hyperbaric oxygen therapy prior to extractions indicated due to the patient's medical history.
0: Hyperbaric oxygen therapy is often used as a preventative and therapeutic therapy for extractions to decrease the risk of osteonecrosis of the jaw with the objective of increasing oxygen gradient to the tissue to help promote wound healing. Exactly. This
1: patient completed 20 sessions of hyperbaric oxygen treatment before extractions and 10 sessions after extractions. Her risk for osteonecrosis of the jaw was deemed minimal after this therapy and due to her radiation and IV bisphosphonate treatments occurring many years ago. However, unfortunately, this patient did have localized osteonecrosis of the jaw with osteomyelitis in the right mandible occurred.
0: So usually, osteonecrosis is actually painless for patients, but active infection can cause pain and need to be treated immediately when caring for these patients. Exactly. Augmentin was
1: prescribed in this case, and the patient was put on a frequent follow-up schedule to check for healing.
0: Additionally, a chlorhexidine rinse was prescribed to help keep the area clean. Through the follow-ups, the osteonecrosis and osteomyelitis was not improving, and ultimately, the patient had a pathologic mandibular fracture, which was diagnosed through imaging. Due to the fracture, the patient was experiencing numbness in the area of the inferior alveolar nerve distribution and had an open bite. Let's talk about jaw fractures before moving
1: on with this case. The common site for mandibular fractures is the angle of the mandible with the condylar neck area and the symphysis of the mandible being the second and third most common areas of fracture. It is important to remember that the coronoid process is rarely involved in fractures.
0: Fractures are usually diagnosed via radiographs. Typically, when a patient tries to bite, they will not be able to close down all the way and it will look like an open bite or some other type of malocclusion, and patients may deviate towards the side of the fracture. Exactly. There are a few ways to treat fractures. A few common methods are open reduction and closed reduction. Open reduction means that the surgeon has to perform an incision to visualize the fracture and then put the two ends together and holding them together with a wire or plate. Closed reduction means that there is no incision needed, and this is usually the simplest way to put the two parts of the fracture together, followed by some sort of fixation.
1: Another type of procedure that may be tested on boards is the bilateral sagittal split osteotomy, or BSSO. Although it is most commonly used for orthognathic surgery rather than fractures, it is still
0: a high-yield concept. Exactly. A BSSO is to move the mandible into a different position and can be used to treat a skeletal class 2 or 3 jaw relationship, as well as a mandibular asymmetry in orthodontics. It can also be done with a maxillary surgery if needed. In this case, the fracture was ultimately
1: treated with an open reduction internal fixation surgery of the right mandible, which means that the bone is visualized by the surgeons and then re and then reduced or realigned, and then fixed or held with hardware such as a plate and screws. At this surgery, a
0: bone biopsy was also completed. Just to cover some high-yield board facts, what are the four different types of biopsies? That would be excisional, incisional, aspiration, and cytology. Perfect. Let's go through them one by one. Excisional biopsies are the most common type of biopsy for oral lesions. During this, the clinician removes the entire lesion along with a margin of normal tissue. Excisional biopsies are usually the preferred method when the lesion is small, like less than one centimeter, so that primary closure can be achieved. Next are incisional biopsies in which a small section of tissue is removed. This
1: is usually done when the the lesion is larger than one centimeter. Typically, the clinician makes a long wedge cut into the lesion in order to get some normal tissue underneath the lesion at the margin.
0: These two biopsies are typically done with a scalpel, and the specimen is placed in 10% formalin.
1: The next type of biopsy is an aspiration biopsy, or a needle biopsy. This is when a needle syringe is used to aspirate bony lesions to determine if it is fluid-filled or not. The fluid is then used for the biopsy and diagnosis. It is typically used for intra-bony lesions.
0: The last type of biopsy that you will need to know for boards is called a cytology biopsy, which is also known as a brush biopsy. This is a type of biopsy that is used for pap smears. You brush off the lesion with the aim of fixing those cells on a slide to send for a biopsy. A situation you could use this type of biopsy for would be for pseudomembranous candidiasis as the clinician could easily wipe it off at of the mucosa. Exactly.
1: In general, indications to biopsy can include, but may not be limited to, lesions present longer for two weeks, idiopathic bony lesions, lesions of suspected malignancy,
0: and idiopathic or long-standing swelling. The patient healed well and without complications. The patient ultimately required prosthodontic treatment due to the high risk of osteonecrosis, implants were not recommended. The main thing with patients
1: that are at high risk for osteonecrosis of the jaw is to provide conservative treatment and avoid invasive treatments like extractions. Although, if necessary, hyperbaric oxygen therapy has been shown to benefit. However, prevention and frequent recalls are really important with these patients.
0: Well, we hope you enjoyed this interesting case. Please make sure to fill out our Google survey in the podcast description for our research project. Thank you so much for listening.